film fans and Star Wars fans alike, I wanted to apologize again for the lateness of this episode. Uh, once again, uh, we were delayed because of health problems. I had to have two eye surgeries this time, um, which prevented the timely release of this episode. So I uh, hope you still enjoy. Uh, in fact, you probably enjoy it more because you've had plenty of time to see Episode 7 in both the theaters and on Blu-ray, DVD, digital release, all those good things. So without further ado, here is our episode uh, reviewing Star Wars Episode 7 from way back in February is when we recorded this. And uh, it was the beginning of March that I had to have my surgery. So here we go. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of CTG Podcast, a film and religion podcast where every week we look at a different movie and analyze it for its religious content. And we are in the midst of our Star Wars trilogy. Uh, we're going to do things uh, a little different order than what we first proposed because I still need to do some research on the actual real-life Jedi religion that people practice. Um, I found some books on Amazon I need to order. But uh, today we're going to be doing our review of Episode 7. <laughs> I'm Robert Wright Sasko. And I am Michael M. Patty. But yeah, we were really excited about, well, maybe not no, really excited. Not, but... I, I knew a lot of people who were much more excited than Robert and I were. Yeah, I happen to be more excited about the James Bond movie. Uh, which we saw. And that ended up being, you know, it was okay. It was okay. You know what I think ruined it for me? Was the opening song. That's pretty bad. The opening song was terrible. And, you know, going back and watching Skyfall, I get chills every time I hear Adele start singing that. Ah, uh, this, this new one. Who did it? It was... Um, Sam Smith. Sam Smith, yeah. Not, not a fan. And his song didn't do anything for me. No. So... Yeah, so I was kind of disappointed at, at James Bond. I mean, it was a good. It, it was, was, it was okay. Yeah. I don't. I'm the thing that I didn't care for. I have no idea why they were supposed to have known each other already. It's yeah. completely irrelevant to the plot. It's barely touched upon, other than Bond sees his picture and knows who it is. Yeah, like and, they grew up together or something. Yeah, weird. but they don't act like they grew up together at all. Yeah, it was. It, it seemed shoehorned in there. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming to our review of James Bond. I mean, yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were we were more excited to see that, and then you know, once once we saw James Bond, uh, you know, my excitement for Episode Seven started to grow. Uh, reading all the blogs and the people being excited, I sort of caught it myself. And then we went to see it on an early matinee. Yeah. Before you continue, fun fact, did you know that Spectre and The Force Awakens have an actor in common? Yes, I did, even though he denied it. Yes. <laughs> That's called lying. Yes. Well, he did it so convincingly. I guess he is an actor. <laughs> So that's what he does for a living. Yeah. Should, but, should we let the audience know what we're talking about? I think everybody knows what we're talking okay. about. I mean, that goes without saying. Spoilers ahead. We're going to be talking about every plot point of the movie. So At least the ones we can remember after two months. Yeah. If you're one of the dozen people who haven't seen the movie, you, know, you might want to wait till it comes out on video. And April 5th. Yeah. That's that's what I heard. That's, that's what I heard. So not not too far away. All right. So, Mike... Why don't you give us a rundown of Episode 7? All right. Well, 
a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> there was a group of guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy called the Jedi Knights. A little, little less in depth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how is everybody going to know about the plot of The Force Awakens if I don't tell them about the Emperor and Darth Vader and Luke? And oh. You need to have seen six other movies to fully appreciate this one. Yeah, it, it's very interesting, to, just a tangent on that for a second. They they really wanted this movie to make a lot of money. And, of course, two months after the fact, we know that it has. It's number one uh, all-time domestic movie now, um, but it's still number three worldwide. And it didn't do as well in China, which is now a huge movie market. I think it's, like, number two in the world next to America. And um, now it didn't make as much money as they were expecting because it didn't have a wide release of the... There's still that cultural embargo in the 70s when the first three came out. Yeah, this was the first... This was the first Star Wars movie to be widely released in China. Yeah, and they had to, like, really do a lot of publicity stunts and uh, release those six movies so everyone could see it. Actually, what's really popular over there is the mobile game. Hmm. The new Star Wars mobile game. That's what Chinese people dig more. It's like the movie was an advertisement for the video game and not the other way around (laughs) (laughs) like those things are here in the states so they're they're making a ton of money off the star wars commander i think it's called i i know what you're talking about i don't i don't know what it's actually called as we talk about you know the the things in the movie and what we didn't like i think it would become apparent why it wasn't so popular in china so all right so so you don't need me to give the run down the the backstory that okay (laughs) let's start with luke skywalker has vanished (laughs) all right luke skywalker who i'm assuming our audience knows absolutely nothing about (laughs) has vanished after the defeat of the galactic empire a uh see i don't even that part of the one of the weaknesses of the films i don't even know where to begin so in in the wake of the empire there's what's called the first order Right. But there's also the New Republic, I guess, and Luke Skywalker's missing. Leia is looking for him, but at the same time, so is a bad guy called Kylo Ren, who is a worshiper of Darth Vader. We see him holding Darth Vader's helmet at one point. We'll find out why a little later. And for whatever reason, they're like slaughtering an entire village, including veteran character actor Max von Sydow yes. putting in one day of work as a rebel with some plan with p- part of the map to find Luke Skywalker. He gives this map to Oscar Isaac's character Poe Dameron and his droid BB-8. Right. Who then somehow end up getting kidnapped and back on Kylo Ren's ship and getting tortured, but he doesn't give up where the plans are. And Which are in BB-8. Yeah. Much like yeah. R2-D2 carried the Death Star plans. Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess that was just a given. Yeah. <laughs> and then a stormtrooper on the planet who is appalled by watching the slaughter of the village over a fragment of a map... Um, decides yeah. decides to cut and run by stealing a TIE fighter and Poe 
and they escape and go crashing on the planet Jakku, which looks an awful lot like Tatooine. Yes, it does. There's absolutely no resemblance to Tatooine, other than the fact that it's a desert planet where the main character lives. Right. Uh, it's completely insignificant other than the fact that everything happens there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we're introduced to the character yeah. of Rey. Yeah. And, yes, Rey. And Rey is a scavenger. We see her going through. She lives in an old AT-AT. We see her going through the wreck of a Star Destroyer and through circumstances that happen only in Star Wars movies. She gets caught up in the hunt for the plans with... Finn, the renegade stormtrooper, yeah, she finds BB-8 and keeps him from becoming scrap, and they go off and have adventures and, of course, meet Han Solo, and I'm going to cut to the chase here. Uh, It turns out that Kylo Ren, the bad guy, is actually Han and Leia's son, and I don't even remember, because it's been two months since I've seen it, but it, it didn't... It, a lot happens really fast and not a lot of explanation is given, but somehow the heroes end up meeting up with Han Solo. Oh, they, 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 they get away from Jakku in the, the Millennium Falcon, Yeah, which is not really clear how it ended up on Jakku, but I guess that's not important. They explain it, but it's like... <laughs> it's a one-off line of it, dialogue. It was, it was stolen and sold and then sold again. And yeah. Like a garage sale for... Yeah, and it just, it just happens to end up in... Yeah. <laughs> the very people who were going up against Han's son. And I anyway, bought the Millennium Han, yeah. Falcon at a garage sale once. <laughs> Lucky you. What, what, good, what kind of shape was it in? It was pretty bad shape. Oh, I don't okay. think I have it anymore. But yeah, they, they steal the Falcon. They meet up with Han and Chewie, um, trying to get the plans back. But uh, they stop on this planet to get yeah some help from Maz Kanata, who is... Kind of like Yoda, but kind of not, because she doesn't really use the Force, but sort of does. Yeah. And she just (laughs) happens to have Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. And then instead of the the plans for, or the map for Luke Skywalker, it becomes Luke's lightsaber that everybody's got to get their hands on. And it's, yeah. Yeah. so then... um... Oh, and there's the giant base that's nothing at all like the Death Star, because it's... 20 times bigger. They end up going to the rebel base and finding Princess Leia and Greg Grunberg and the Admiral Akbar Ak- and, yes. and Nine Nub. Yes. And they all go back to Starkiller Base. Not the Death Star 3, but Starkiller Base. Which has its own ecosystem and trees yeah. and outside. And, and it, it's snowy, not unlike Hoth. And. <laughs> Then they blow it up, but not before, uh, for some reason, um, Kylo Ren kills his dad, Han Solo, and everyone's sad. A lot of stuff happens, and they blow up the base, and Han Solo dies, and Chewbacca is sad, and uh, Ray, Ray fights Kylo Ren, and then they escape somehow. And uh, the end, she finds Luke Skywalker. Yeah, in the meantime, they, they get BB-8 back together with who has the plans. For, or the, I keep saying the plans because it's exactly like Star Wars. Yeah. Who has the map for Luke Skywalker gets back together with R2-D2 who has the other 95% of the map. You think, you think they wouldn't have a map of the galaxy that they live in? 
like the rest of the map. You'd <laughs> think you'd think they could, you know, the whole time R2 is supposed to be hibernating cuz he doesn't have his master, Luke. Yeah. Uh, you you'd think at some point they could, you know, get the data off of him while he's not active, I guess. I don't know. Plug him in somewhere. Somewhere. Why didn't R2-D2 wake up until the end? Well, because the script said so. Yeah, pretty much. So so anyway, she's able to go find Luke after that, and Luke shows up at the very end and doesn't actually do anything in this movie. Which was almost had as much scream time as Godzilla did in the legendary Godzilla film. Almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of looked at each other after we watched this movie, and we kind of went, Huh. Eh, it's all right. And then people at work had the gall to call me a hater after I showed up and said it was okay. I mean, and let me while we're while we're talking about this, I I admit this this episode probably doesn't isn't going to have a lot to do with the religious aspect. At least I don't think because there yeah frankly wasn't there wasn't that much in it. The the stuff we're going to talk about in the next episode has more to do with the cultural yeah uh import that the series has had over the years. This one we're just going to rip on the new movie. And I'm I'm sorry to say that because it, it's not like I don't I don't want movies to not engage me. I would have I would have loved to have thought this movie was great. I didn't. And it, I felt it was too jokey. Well, let me let me go back even. I I have to admit before it came out what I was telling people was it's hard for me to get excited about Star Wars for a third time in my life. Yeah. When I was a little kid and the, the original movies were coming out, and right after college, uh, my senior year of college and, and after, when the prequels were coming out, I was I was excited when the prequels were coming out. Even you know, they're not the best movies in the world, but it was it was new Star Wars at a time when new Star Wars was it was it, it was it was a novelty, yeah. yeah. And apparently, it's still a novelty. It's a little better now that it's it's February and it's you know settled down a little bit. But back in November, you couldn't you know turn left without seeing Star Wars somewhere. But it was it was hard for me to get that worked up again for the third time. Back in two thousand five, when they came out with the Revenge of the Sith action figures, I went to Toys R Us's midnight opening because I didn't think it was ever going to happen again. Yeah, and. Now it has, and it's like I've I've already I've already done this in 1999 yeah. and 2002 and 2005. And don't have to do it. I again. don't have to do it again. I took the day off work, and Robert and I went to see it on you know the first Friday it came out. We didn't go to a midnight screening. We didn't go to a preview screening. I I didn't finagle my way into press screening tickets like with episode two yeah yeah uh, i didn't finagle them they were they were given to me freely but robert and i got to see the press screening for attack of the clones thanks to, i worked at a newspaper at the time thanks to the uh entertainment editor uh it was during the day and they were all working and couldn't go so i was working at night at the time so they said hey do you want to go see uh star wars and uh yeah <laughs> i you know that's still my favorite star wars movie going experience and number two would probably uh, be seeing Revenge of the Sith, a midnight showing with my son, Christopher. And we worked hard. We made him the Jedi outfit. And he had the little Padawan braid clipped in his hair and it, the lightsaber. And it was great. That was that was fun. But uh, You didn't even let your son be a full Jedi. He was he was Padawan age. He was a, young, oh, right. he was a youngling. Okay. He's, he's 18 now. He's bigger than me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So... 
Yeah, times have changed, and I. <sighs> so, so it, I guess, I guess to get back on track, I, I wasn't, um, you know, oh boy, I can't believe new Star Wars. I can't wait. I'm, you know, yeah. taking the day off, and, uh, you know, I'm gonna camp out, and no, I, I, it wasn't. I didn't do that, and then I, I got there, and either. Yeah. yeah, the first half of the movie was wall to wall jokes, and not like the the dry wit of the original trilogy. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, I thought the part where Finn and Poe are escaping in the TIE fighter uh, was a little over the top. Yeah. They're like, you know... They're... The whole first half of the movie. Yeah. You know, doesn't Finn at one point say, droid, please? Do yeah. I, am I remembering that correctly? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, the, the, the one funny part that I did like was when, you know, Finn gave BB-8 the thumbs up and BB does it. Oh, that, that, that was... Welder. Yeah. That was cute. Um, BB-8's probably my favorite character of yeah, <laughs> the new movie. That's that's saying something. Yeah, he, he. Mine was General Hawks. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> he was very passionately hateful towards yeah. the New Republic for no apparent reason <laughs> other than he just hated them. <laughs> so it gave Kylo Ren a straight man to play off of. Yeah, he he balanced the, the Kylo Ren's crazy. See, coming into this movie, I was I got sort of excited during the Star Wars celebration. They had the the first uh, big teaser trailer come out. We know Chewie, we're home, and you know that got me kind of excited. And then I think it was during uh, San Diego Comic Con, they had another. It wasn't really a trailer, but a, like a promo reel. It started out with uh, the clipboard going for the beginning of the scenes, and they're sewing all the sets. And then you hear Mark Hamill like. Real sets, actual film in the camera, practical effects. These are all the things that we're doing, and it's like, oh man, they're totally pandering to the fans. Yeah, they're they're addressing the the top ten hate list of like, oh, I hated all the CG yeah, and the, all the things and the, the digital thing, and it's all fake. The and, problem with the prequels was not that they were shot with digital cameras. Yeah, the problem with the prequels was the writing, and. A lot of people didn't like the CG. That didn't bother me. I wish it was a lot of done things, a little better. A lot of things that were, that people assumed were CG, they assumed like everything they were seeing on the screen was CG. But there's a there's still a lot of practical effects, a lot of real sets, a lot of miniature effects. Yeah, but people just like, oh, it's all CG, you know, cause, just because it's been there, yeah, there are a lot of CG characters like. All the clones were CG. Yeah, and Jar Jar Binks was. CG. There are there are a couple shots at the end of Attack of the Clones where they're panning over where they're panning over all of the the clone troopers. Yeah, that's and and it and it, maybe part of the problem is it it's not great. Yeah, it's it, it's not completely photoreal. Yeah, it's 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 a little better than the Clone Wars. But that has uh, nothing to do with the cartoon, that has yeah. nothing to do with the fact that it wasn't shot with a film camera. Yeah. So they're making a big deal out of, I, I think all three films are being seven, eight, nine. I think all the directors said they're shooting on actual film and yeah. not digital and that's, cameras. That's bragging about how you're doing it the old way is, I don't <laughs> think that's ever. Of course, look what happened with the Hobbit. Peter Jackson's yeah. like 60 frames per second and Robert and I saw that and it was it it looked like a like a like a BBC production. Uh, yeah, a, so, a BBC soap opera. Yeah. That's uh, cuz we've been programmed to see, you know, the 
the the interiors of Doctor Who are on video, and then when they go outside, then it's film. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's inside and what's outside, and it seemed like it was all inside, even though they were in these spectacular locations. It because it was shot on video, it looked weird. But that's not what the yeah. The, you don't get that feeling from watching the yeah. prequels and. You know, so uh, another well, the last two. Yeah, another another comparison. Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight. It's being shown in seventy millimeter. When when your selling point is the format it's presented in. Yeah. The truth is, I enjoy movies because of the story. I yeah. like I like how anything can happen. And anything is possible. I'm I I took film classes and I ended up having to drop it because, well, one of the reasons was I. Uh, was falling asleep on the way home after work at night and going to school during the day. And I, I couldn't physically do it anymore, but I also never got comfortable with the equipment. It's not, it's not what I care about. I don't care about cameras and film versus digital. And I don't, I don't have any dog in that fight. Sorry for the cliche. Yeah, but you're you're more into the, the production end of it, right? The yeah, I editing I, and stuff. Yeah, the, the 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 fact is that the story of episode seven was a rehash of a new hope. See, and that's exactly the kind of sequel that George Lucas never wanted to make. Like when Empire Strikes Back came out, everyone was like, "Oh, the sequel is gonna fail because you know who wants to see Star Wars again?" Uh, it it was an entirely different adventure. Different look, different feel, different story arc. Uh, took the character to a place you never expected. Um, you know, and that's you know that is one of the the big dramatic twists in history. That thirty five year spoilers. You know, Luke. No, 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 no. She, she. No, we're oh, saving that. Okay. Uh, my my daughter is within earshot, so you all know what we're talking about. Yes, the 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 twist at the end of Empire Strikes Back. So yeah, sorry. She's uh, how old is she now? Four. She's gonna be five in two weeks. She's gonna be five. Yeah. So there's an actual spoiler alert in effect. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was totally different. And then Return of the Jedi took it in a totally different place. Yeah. Now skip ahead, you know, t- twenty years to 1999, and you get uh, an expectation of people wanting to see the same movie again. But Lucas didn't do that. He did the same thing he did with Empire and with Jedi. He did a different movie, and I enjoyed that. That's what I liked about the sequels. Uh, you know, everyone hates Jar Jar Binks, but he had to have a comic relief there because he hadn't built C three PO yet. When C three PO comes in on the scene, Jar Jar Binks goes out, and in the second and third movie we have less and less humor because it gets darker and darker. Um, Revenge of the Sith is a lot like Empire Strikes Back. Very, very dark movie. It doesn't have that dramatic twist at the end, but it, it has a dramatic irony where the, the audience knows what's going on. They know what's going to happen. They're kind of wait for it. It's like a, a tragic play, uh, like Oedipus. You know, We know what's going to happen to the main character. We know he's going to be turning into Darth Vader. And just to, to see you know this innocent boy get trapped in the political machinations of the emperor and twisted into this evil person. Um, I thought was fascinating and much of America didn't. So when JJ Abrams came out with his nostalgic love fest, um, I think the box office shows that that's the movie that people wanted to see. 
that's not what I was looking for. Yeah, no, I was not looking forward to a rehash. No, I mean, for instance, Jurassic World that was out this past summer managed to do both. It yeah. had all the, the remnants of the original Jurassic Park, um, including, to quote honest trailers, literal nostalgia goggles where the kids are putting oh, on yeah. the, the night vision glasses. Uh, and, but it still had enough new stuff. It had all but one original characters. It had the idea of creating the new dinosaurs. It offered an explanation why the dinosaurs in the park don't necessarily look like what research has shown yeah. they would look like because they're being genetically modified. It it did it did both. It had new yeah. stuff and it, it had a little bit of old stuff. This one had more old stuff than new. Yeah. I mean, you can't really take apart the, the, the plot because it was so simple. I mean, it, it's not like you could do a, a different plot for Jurassic Park. You go to the park and the dinosaurs run amok. No, you know? but I mean, let's <laughs> all right, let's let's take. But it was different enough. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess they they needed to decide: is the movie about the old characters or the new characters? Yeah. If it was about the new characters, then maybe Han and Leia shouldn't have shown up, and maybe Kylo Ren shouldn't have been. Han's son. The whole point of the the previous Star Wars movies was those characters, though. Anakin's a returning character. Obi Wan's a returning character. Yoda's a returning character. Yeah. The Emperor's a returning character, and all the new people were supporters. Yeah. Who were summarily done away with. If you um, want a if you want a good sequel with just the original characters. Do what I did in what was that, 1992? Read Timothy Zahn's *Heir to the Empire* trilogy. Those books were great. It was like watching, with air quotes that I'm doing mm-hmm. that you can't see. Yeah, watching uh, you know, episode seven, eight, nine, and th- those were fantastic. And then the yeah, *Shadows of the Empire* is pretty good too. Yeah, some of the other books that kind of went. Yeah, some. Kinda... Yeah, yeah. The thing about the Star Wars expanded universe is, is kind of hit or miss. Some are better than others. Yeah. The some of the X Wing books were good. Um there there were some like arcs that were just oh god, why am I reading yeah, this? I didn't keep up you know? with any of the, the new Jedi stuff. Yeah. I, I've kinda the whole Yuzen Vong thing was Yeah. They I didn't they tried to reboot the whole Star Wars universe and it was it didn't work. It failed. And then I'm glad they I, I stopped reading about that yeah. time, so um, you know what book is is really good? I'm not even I'm not even joking. The best Star Wars book I ever read was the novelization for Revenge of the Sith by Matthew Stover. Yeah. It's it's incredible. I wish they'd make a movie out of that. <laughs> no, no. I I wish I wish the movie was as good as the book. Let me put it that way. Yeah. That makes it a little more yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's it's I I recommend it. Well, since oh, to, so anyway, to, to yeah. Bring, so to bring the religion, yeah, to, to to bring it back to let's. What would would it be? Would it be about new characters or about uh, I, I, recur- returning characters? I think if, if at this point if, if probably returning more... characters, and maybe just have Luke at the end. Luke is Luke is the Yoda now. Yeah, and maybe just have have the, the last shot still be her handing the lightsaber to him. Yeah, but you know, do we have to have Han Solo and Princess Leia in there? I, I hate really. to say it, but... Princess Leia didn't do anything other yeah. than just stand there. She, she she didn't have enough to do, really, than yeah. just be General Organa. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know. It wasn't clear if she they had were his, married or they, they just, used to be married. They were separated. It was. There's too many uh, unanswered questions and, in the movie, like especially about Ray and where she comes from. You know, we yeah. find out who Kylo Ren is, and that's it's it. It kind of felt like it was it, it was a throwback to the original Star Wars. You had a new bad guy who was kind of like Darth Vader. You still had Han Solo. You had some new characters, including a, a, a tough woman like like Leia. You had the the scoundrel pilot in Poe who was like Han. Yeah, the the naive character yeah. who kind of. Oh, like actually, I Finn guess and Luke. I guess Finn. I guess would Finn be the Leia though? No, Finn would be the Luke. He's the not. I thought Ray was not Ray. You don't think Ray's the Luke? No, she's more the streetwise. She's more like Leia. She knows what's going on. Okay. She knows how to handle herself. Or you know, Finn's kind of clueless, and Luke, he's pretty clueless all the way all through right. episode but, four. But Finn's so. not going to. But they're going on the the opposite journeys, though. Yeah. Okay. Finn's not going to become the Jedi, and that's uh, another. No. There's no, I don't think so. There's another beef I had. I I I'm I'm sorry that the the direction this episode is going, listeners, all six of you. <laughs> I apologize. Finn sucks it up and escapes, harrowing escape from the Empire, leaving the the only life he's ever known, starts fresh, takes up with complete strangers, goes on an adventure, picks up a lightsaber long enough to figure out how to use it, holds his own against the stormtrooper who calls him a traitor, and and then gets knocked out like a punk and is unconscious at the end of the movie. Yeah. What's up with that? You know, have him fighting Captain Phasma or something. Yeah, instead of throwing her down <laughs> yeah, the chute. Yeah, something. <laughs> it, it's like he was completely pointless just so they could put him holding a lightsaber yeah. on the poster. You know, at least it's better what they did with uh, Poe Dameron is, you know, he's this sort of MacGuffin at the beginning of the movie. They had like, yeah. what, and then three he, or four MacGuffins? And know? then he disappears yeah. You know, we're supposed to think he's dead, but the audience he was, knows he was supposed to die. They weren't going to bring him back at the end. There, they like, could have you know. rewritten it, but they, yeah. they couldn't be bothered. But then the audience knew he wasn't dead because you see him later on in the trailer in the X-Wing. <sighs> this movie had a lot of problems. It, 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 for all the, the, the plot holes and things, a good thing to check would be the um, How It Should Have Ended video. Oh, I haven't seen that. It is pretty hilarious. It is pretty hilarious. Should I cue it up now? Uh, yeah, sure. So I was reading this article the, this where all the prequels were, they were, they made the most money in America. So despite what people say, they all went out to see episodes one, two, and three. Number number two market was Japan, and for episode four or episode seven, excuse me, for episode seven, Japan was the fourth biggest market. And they say because they have the same problem with the movie that we did, it was too much like the first one. It wasn't new and forward-looking sci-fi. It's a, it's the same reason why a lot of the Godzilla movies have sort of decreased in popularity over the years and making money is because it, it's like this, you know, same thing over and over again. They want to see something <laughs> new and different. You know, they've had like, like Godzilla. no Godzilla. Yeah, that was new. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that movie actually did all right over there. The, the legendary Godzilla. So we will see. We, uh, I, mean, I, I, I have a, I have another problem with this movie, and uh, we'll we'll talk about this after the break. We're gonna watch the uh, how it should have ended video right now. Ba, 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 ba. 
Show me the dark side, and I will finish what you started. Grandfather. I have a grandson too? See, I was waiting for this to happen in the actual movie. Oh my gosh, this is never going to end. Traitor! What do you mean, did you try turning him off and on again? I'm sure they have tried everything to revive him. Oh, thank the maker! <laughs> we thought you were done for! A dramatic entrance! We don't have time for that! We are trying to R2-D2, drama queen. She is yes. strong with the Force. Untrained, but stronger than she knows. Bring me the precious! Yes, Supreme Leader. <laughs> you are talking about the girl, correct? Precious! <laughs> Remove these restraints and leave He's got a bow tie on. Yes, <laughs> he does. I will remove these restraints and leave with the cell door open. And you will escort me to a ship that I can escape in. And I will escort you to a ship that you can escape in. <gasps> <laughs> this was the Death Star. This was the second one. And this is Starkiller Base. <laughs> Can we just it, call it, it Death shaped Star 3? like Mickey it's Mouse? The same exact the two, thing. The Starkiller and the two I mean, Death Stars. There's the ears. Now, how do we take down the shields? I can disable the shields, but I have to be on the planet. We'll get you there. How? If I told you, you wouldn't like it. The shields have a fractional refresh rate. Keeps anything traveling slower than light speed from getting through. We're gonna make our landing approach at light speed? How? If we pass through the shields at the speed of light, how can you even the have time to drop out of light speed before crashing into the <laughs> Oh my. Well, so much for that idea. Shut the shields down, or I'll blow that bucket off your head. Oh, did you say shut down the shields? I thought you said alert everyone to your presence. Chewie, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> You need a teacher! I can show you the force face! <laughs> oh, in your face! You fell for it again! <laughs> I win! No, 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 This is the best. I know what I have to do. But I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Will you help me? Anything. Surprise! <laughs> no! Why? Why? Where did you come from, Luke? Got bored on my island. Why didn't you shoot first, man? It was my boy. He was going to kill you. How do you know that? I always sense when you guys are in danger. It's kind of my thing. Liar's uh, <laughs> gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> now they're showing the dramatic ending where Ray holds out the lightsaber to Luke. Related. 
Never bothered me before. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the end here, they have the, the over-the-top part that I was Let's play talking about. Let's play count of three, name your favorite creature. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? Okay. They're escaping One, the TIE fighter. One, two, three. Rancor. Hottest clothing in the galaxy. Slay Leia costume. If you were a chick, who's the one guy in the whole galaxy you'd sleep with? Lando Calrissian. What? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. We forget we're being shot at. Like yep. stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Droid, please. <laughs> Droid, please. I had to add that. <laughs> I love your eyes. <laughs> wow, this is like a Marvel movie. It had like three alternate endings. Yeah. There's a lot of things in there. I was like, why is she actually turning off the shields? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it. And when it comes out, I'm going to buy it watch it again but it, it yeah. was not it's not my know. favorite episode it's not my no it's worst episode ever no sorry it's it's a solid fourth <laughs> it's it's not better than any of the original ones maybe the the quality is a little better than than the prequels but like, like i said that has more to do with the writing Maybe I am I, a hater. I, I, li I like the plot and the direction and the look of the prequels. Dialogue could have been better. Yeah. I, I, I heard a trick once. Uh, I think it was Leo Laporte from This Week in Tech who said, watch it in Italian and pretend it's opera. Yeah. Yeah. It works because it's very operatic. It is. To bring it back to the religion part. Um, oh, we're going to. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to stay on topic. Yeah. All right. We have the, to. At the very beginning, you talked about uh, uh, Max von Sydow's yeah. like, two-second cameo there. Yeah, he's the one who has he has the map that he gives. He, yeah, the the MacGuffin, the the old dude who gives Poe Dameron the the map, right? The plans. <laughs> I found an article on Io9, and if my computer were to load it, I will lead it to you. It's called "All the Backstory You Desperately Want to Know About the Force Awakens," but we're afraid to ask. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of books that have come out that sort of reboot all the expanded universe, but they're they're all canon. According to Disney, everything is canon. The comic books, everything that's come out that is not Star Wars Legends now. The yeah. old Del Rey books. Yeah, well, there we was talking about before. There was a little thing at the beginning of Darth Plagueis that said this book is canon, and apparently now it's not. So whatever. Yeah. They yeah. know they know what they can do with their canon. Yeah. Darth Plagueis was really good too. It tells the yeah. story of how the Emperor or how Palpatine became the Sith Lord. Yeah. Um, they're talking about here Lor Santeca and who he is. And I was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if he was actually Kanan from the Rebels? And they they're not gonna do anything no. cool like that. They're never ever gonna do anything cool like that. They, no, Ahsoka and none of the Rebels characters. It, and all, maybe all, and they shouldn't. The... They shouldn't because then that's yeah. that's even more fan service. Yeah, that's it, pandering. Yeah, and but that's the kind of pandering that I like, where they they that's link like, things back. It's not, it's not like, you know, take take like a like a secondary character and oh, he's really this. You know, that sort of thing is cool, but not like, you know, I could see the Ben Solo thing a mile away. Didn't we all see that before? We knew that was gonna happen. I didn't know whose son he was gonna be. He's gonna be somebody's kid. I knew yeah. that. We knew that. Yeah. No surprises. I knew. I knew I knew there was going to be some 
parentage issue. Somebody was going to be somebody's kid in this movie. Yeah. Some people thought Finn was going to be Lando's son. Some people thought Rey was going to be Luke's daughter. Uh, people thought Kylo Ren was going to be either Han or Luke's. A few months before the movie came out, there was the, the new Marvel comic book series. Um, this black bounty hunter, a female, comes down and says, oh, I'm married to Han Solo. I'm Santa Solo. And like, oh! Maybe Finn is Han Solo's son. It's like, oh, come on, people. But anyways, back, right, to, yeah, back, to, to, back to, to religion. Lors, yes, Lor Santeca. Here, here's his backstory according to the, the, the official books and lore of Star Wars. Since the fall of the Empire, Lor Santeca has been a galactic traveler who eventually worked with the New Republic and later the Resistance mapping the remote fringe of the galaxy before retiring to Jakku. Additionally, Tekka is also a religious man. He and most of the villagers he lives with are followers of the Church of the Force. Okay? Church of the Force. A faith that gathered people who were not sensitive to the Force, but worshippers of the Jedi Code and practices. Okay? The Church operated in secret during the time of the Empire, but apparently flourished after Palpatine's death. Throughout his mapping expeditions, Tekka became intimate with the history of the Jedi, and that's why he has the map. Okay, are you familiar with the term Mary Sue? I'm familiar with the term. I've never entirely... I've never... Explain it to me, please, because every time it gets thrown around and I'm not entirely sure what people mean. Yeah, I I had to research it myself, and luckily I have teenage kids who are very internet savvy, and we use the word meme on a daily basis, so I asked him about it and did my own you know, urban dictionary search. And uh, Mary Sue is uh, a character uh, that came about in fan fiction. Like say someone writes a fan fiction about Harry Potter and they make themselves a character in the story. And basically they wander around Hogwarts and Ron, Hermione and Harry tell them, Oh, how great they are. And, Oh, we love you. You're our best friend. And you're, you do magic so well. And that character is a Mary Sue. Okay. It, it's, an audience member who's become a part of the the movie. I'm suggesting here that Lore Santeca is the Mary Sue. Because people were saying that because Ray was, I read a few articles on this, that because Ray was a girl, that she was a Mary Sue. And I was like, no, because she doesn't, she doesn't go around looking for, Alcalades, or she just wants to be left alone, gets sort of wrapped up in this. Isn't Laura Santeca is the Mary Sue? Because isn't his first line like, "This will make things right." Correct. Uh, yeah. As He's, in, here's a new movie to make you forget those ones you didn't like. Exactly. He is the fan. He is the stereotypical Star Wars fan who hated the the prequel trilogies. And hates George Lucas. And yes, this will make everything better. He is a worshiper of the Jedi Code and the Jedi Way. We're going to be talking a little bit about this later. You know, uh, in our next episode, we're going to be looking at people who actually follow the Force. They can't, because no one in real life could really use the Force, but they will follow the Jedi Code and the Jedi Ways, uh, much like Lor Santeca. I'm sure you have the Church of the Force. There's, uh, I have to look this up for sure, but uh, I've heard for years since the last census was taken in the UK that a lot of people put Jedi as their religion. And whether they actually followed it or not, it was sort of like sticking a yeah. middle finger up at the government. <laughs> so that that's 
that's the kind of thing that gets under my skin and makes yeah. me want to dislike this movie is that it, it's so much pandering to the uh, to the stereotypical Star Wars fan, which this, this, I am not one of. I uh, you know I've been saying for and people who listen to us know that I do not hate the prequels, <laughs> and you, you gave me a. You gave me, you know, George Lucas leftovers from episode four with this movie and, you know, conned me into being excited about it. And so I'm very, very upset. And I, I, and, th- and then this sort of thing, which when I really think about it, makes me dislike it even more. This so. may be a question more for the next episode. Uh, do you think um, it's been the, the last sen- – I don't know if the United Kingdom does their censuses since I – at the same time as the United States, but it's we're not due for another one until 2020s, so four more years. Yeah. Do you think in in the intervening decade, in addition to Jedi, people will be putting things such as I'm not a Harry Potter fan, so excuse me if I get this wrong, Hufflepuff, or oh, yeah. Ravenclaw, or other what are some other Autobot. You know, is it is it there, just because is it because Star Wars or is it because middle finger to the government? I'm putting some fandom thing down. I it might be it might be a combination of both. Okay, I think it might be a combination of both because I I was I just found another article maybe I'll put it in the show notes too about um, uh, the Coen brothers were talking about their movies at a press conference and uh, someone brought up the idea of a sequel to The Big Lebowski. It might be a movie we could look at. I don't know how, how much of a Coen's fan you are. Yeah, Big Lebowski's all right. It's okay. I I saw it once, and it has it has a vaguely religious theme to it. Um, I don't even remember. Sam Sam Elliott. Yeah, his character is he's like a narrator, but he has a vaguely godlike uh, tone to his. I don't, I don't know. know. We it's have, weird. We have such a backlog, and honestly, I don't care if I see Big Lebowski <laughs> again. But there's there's actually it, the the article mentioned that there's a religion based upon this movie called Dudism. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can I can see that the, the the dude's a little too different from me. I you know I don't drink. I I don't stay in my pajamas all day. I like bowling, but not that much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also read about. I don't know if it's still there anymore, but the Field of Dreams, it was sort of like mm. a Mecca-like yeah. experience where people would go and play baseball with their dads, and it would, just like they did at the end of that movie, and people would go from, you know, people would, from as far as China and Japan, you know, fly over mm. to a little cornfield and where was it, Kansas, Iowa? I, I think, I, I, uh, I can't remember. Iowa, I think. I can't remember exactly where the Field of Dreams was, but the the actual place where they shot the movie, they kept it a baseball field and turned it into a tourist attraction. It was it was it was a once in a lifetime sort of mecca experience for people and they would describe it like a religious experience. So that that's what kind of fascinates me is the where the, the divide between you know the screen world and the real world sort of dissolve and becomes real. So and that's what we're going to look at next week is yeah actual real jedis next episode next episode stay tuned next week same bat time same bat channel hey i saw the the guy that plays the dude i i don't know what his name is but i caught him in some other movie it had this like cutting edge cg (laughs) in it and it was like what you were talking about it's like he got sucked into the computer (laughs) 
<laughs> we kid, we kid. I, honest to God, I actually did watch Tron last week. Oh, the yeah, the, the, I was the original. Yeah, the good it's one? on. It's on uh, HBO's uh, HBO Go. I had some free time and I got to watch some Tron. It was great. It holds up. It does. It does. It seriously does. There, there, Mickey Mouse is in that one too. Huh. Mickey Mouse is in that. You could see it. Uh, it's it's one of the escapes. They're 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 fly, when they're in the the kind of uh, ship that's flying along the little laser beam thing, uh-huh. and they pan up, and you could see a pattern in the lights in the background. It's the Mickey Mouse. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, it's it's an Easter egg in there. It's, yeah, they just came out with a new Tron game. It's for it's for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. So I can't play it, but it's it's like an endless runner. Oh, really? in the in the Tron universe, yeah. There's light cycle stuff. There's tank stuff. Yeah, it looks it looks sweet. I kind of liked uh, Temple Run, so yeah, maybe I'll check that out. Yeah, I mean that's part of it. That's one of the things huh. you can do in it. That's cool. It's called Tron. I think it's pronounced Runner, but it's Run slash R. Yeah. All right. Well, we've, we seem to have. Uh, ex- uh, expended our vitriol toward I, I feel, episode seven. I feel better now. <laughs> I feel, I'm I glad really you do. do. I got it. And and I want to reiterate, I didn't hate the movie. Just yesterday, I bought a Kylo Ren action figure. I'm not even joking. I'm holding it right now. I, and uh, it was it was it's okay. I'm glad we're getting more Star Wars, even if I'm not excited yeah. like a a you know 17 year old or no how old was I 21 21 year old me was. Yeah. You know, five-year-old me was excited. Twenty-one-year-old me was excited. Thirty-eight-year-old me, not, so, not much. so much. But I'm glad we're getting new Star Wars, and it's not going to become this old stagnant thing that my daughter thinks is something her dad likes. Well, you know what? I think maybe I'll like Rogue One. You know, it's directed by Gareth Edwards, and you know this. this... What else did Gareth Edwards do, Robert? Oh, the Godzilla. The oh, that's Godzilla. oh the Godzilla that didn't have Godzilla. Well, the well Star what Wars is this is movie not... not going to have any Jedi in it? No, it's not. <sighs> I heard. I, not. I did hear that it might have some Sith in it, though. It yeah. might uh, that Darth Vader might actually be in this. Well, movie. At least they won't get Hayden Christensen back. I think they're getting Hayden Christensen back. <laughs> <laughs> and then, in, in case you couldn't tell i was doing a bit audience i i knew both of those things <laughs> well just uh today right before we started recording this episode we saw uh the promo video for episode, episode eight, eight started production which will actually advance the plot Yes, it starts where we left off, basically. Yeah. With unlike Rogue One, which is a big step backwards. Yeah. What do you think? Should they have done seven, eight, nine, and then the 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 side stories, or do you like what, how they're uh, they're doing the Marvel movie thing? So I don't know. I guess I'll have to see. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a chance. I, I, I'll but... tell you what. When I walked out of Episode Two, I was itching to see Episode Three and had to wait three more years. Yeah. Isn't so it? So this is, is all right. I, 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 but I'm not itching to see episode eight. So I was, you know, I, I was when it when when I walked out of the theater. I I wanted more, partly because I I wasn't completely satisfied with episode seven. Yeah, but partly just because I I, at least it's only two years instead of three. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's. They're they're holding some things back. The mystery, yeah. like who's Ray? Why why did Luke go away? 
you know, who's raised parents. And it's like all that stuff. I, I just don't care. It's like, you know, J.J. Abrams, uh, did you ever see the, the TED Talk video he gave about the mystery box? No. He, and this, this, this was around the time that Lost came out, and he was talking about, you know, Lost is the big, uh, the whole thing was the mystery box that they never really solved. He got this box as a present from his uncle, and it said mystery box, and it had like magic tricks or something in it. But there's, he, he's never opened it because the mystery of what it is is better than actually opening it and finding out what's inside. And that this has been his whole philosophy for movies. But the no. thing is, th- once there's... he reveals the mystery, he, he, it's like, I knew what was inside the box. Yeah. You know, like like uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Super 8. Super 8. S- I did not like Super 8. Super 8. It was E.T. all along. You know, um, E.T. with lens flare. And then uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I did we like. Knew, we knew who it was the whole time. Like a I, year before the movie came out, I knew it was Khan. I did. I knew it was Khan when they cast. Um, oh, who was it? It was um, Benicio. It del was. Toro, it was Benicio del Toro. You're right. You're who is just today announced for episode eight. Yeah. Um, I knew it was Khan when they when they cast a Latino guy. Yeah. And then they he he couldn't do it for whatever reason. Um, I don't think he was so fired the, or he, the, yeah. the, the, so the, the, the whitest the... British guy. <laughs> and so, and so then, you know, they had uh, all this thing, you know, I was, I wasn't surprised by anything that happened. In no, I still seven. liked it though, because yeah. I like, I like the new cast and I like, but, but Star when, Trek we're, when we're watching the movie and Rig is in Maz Kanata's uh, tavern, she goes down into the, the dungeon basement and uh, there's the box there. I was like, "Oh, there's the mystery box. No, don't open it." <laughs> and there was the lightsaber in there. I was like, "I'm not. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised no. at all." All right, we could go on and on, but it's. I think, like I said about five minutes ago, I think we've expended our vitriol yeah. and. Um, I, I had a little bit left. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I might have some so, more. We'll save that for later. Yeah. So we'll. Let's. Uh, I. I think. I think we share our final judgment. We, we. We're pretty much in accord with this. It was okay. It could have been better. I was really disappointed. Look, really. I was disappointed. Yeah. Well, I guess the real problem that I have with episode seven is is that it's in such smaller scope than the rest of the Star Wars saga. I mean, the original trilogy pointed towards a larger reality through the common mythology we share. And we talked about that last episode. The prequel trilogy did that through politics, showing how the political system can break down and how a democracy can turn into a tyranny. Uh, these are common themes and it's happened throughout all history. The only history that stars pointed to was its own. The only mythology it pointed to was its own. You know, you have Ray and Finn having a, a proper Star Wars fan geek out when Han Solo comes aboard. Uh, it, that doesn't point towards anything bigger. You know, oh, Han Solo, I thought he was a myth. Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. These sort of things. It's not pointing towards anything bigger other than itself. And that's so disappointing. That's why in places like China... It didn't resonate as well as the other movies did because it's self-referential. Places like Japan, too, it it just didn't do as well. You know, that's why the prequels did because they understand that sort of thing. And that's why the prequel trilogies did so much better over there than they did over here. Episode 7 doesn't do that. It doesn't have any kind of larger picture 
that looks at. And that that is the true disappointment to me, that it, it, it's there for the fanboys, for the uh, the the real-life Lor Santecas. Oh, it's so great. It makes me feel like I'm a kid again. I want something that makes me want to dream again, and this movie didn't make me want to dream. So like the people in Japan, I was looking for something totally new, and it was... It was. A I rehash. guess it. I kind of, having read reviews, I kind of knew what to expect, and it it met my. It was. It was what I thought it was going to be. If I, I, I wish it had been better, but but that's if all I right. want. If I want to watch episode four, I'll put on my Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but can we? We're looking forward to Rogue One and looking forward to Episode Eight even more. Yeah. Okay. So, what's our next TV corner going to be? Well. For next time's TV Corner, we're going to be talking about Tyler Perry's Passion, the live musical variety extravaganza that was on the Fox Network a little while ago. Uh, And it was interesting, to say the least. I know Mike had a lot to say about it. Join us next time for that. If if this episode didn't scare you off, please come back. (laughs) Yes, because we'll be talking about that, and as we said, uh, the Force followers in real life, the real life Church of the Force. Yeah. So, uh, and if anybody, uh, if anybody out there is a follower, you know, let us interview you and get your perspective. Yeah, there was a book on Amazon. You can, I don't think you can find it anymore. That someone who wrote it was a, a Jedi guidebook to act, the actual followers of the Force, sort of like their Jedi Bible. I would assume. Uh. Um, but there's another book I found which is I think will be more helpful to me is someone's experience following these yeah. uh, the, these teachings. So because that's what I'm curious about is how does this look in real life? Yeah. Has anyone written Zen and the Art of Speeder Bike Maintenance? <laughs> I don't know, but I'd like to read that one too. <laughs> All right. Well, until then, this is Robert saying keep the faith. Mike saying peace out. <laughs>